Good afternoon, friends. As you might expect, it is another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. We're going to spend a couple hours, the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in the energetic and entertaining conversation you've come to know and love. We'll uh, hit some news and politics. We've got uh, news and politics and uh, then some, we got some news and some politics today. Some, we're a little heavy on news and politics. There'll be a little, there'll be some sports thrown in there, a little men's health. We're going to have a men's health segment later. That'll be interesting for everybody. Dan, Uber producer Dan Peters is here, and I know he's very interested in men's health. So that'll be important. Well, I am a man, and if I don't have health, what do I have? <laughs> so, yeah, all of that has got to be good yeah, stuff. That's right. You can't argue with that. Uh, Dan's going to keep us updated on the latest news and weather. And uh, as he does always, he's back from a, another night from the courts out there at the Pentagon calling the Sky Force game. How'd it go last night? Well, it was good in the first half, but not in the second half. Eh. All right. That's that's sport, right? Can't always go your way. Well, you know, the other team, they come to play too. That's right. And they, 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 then it's not a game; it's just a a, a hurting match. <laughs> They're professionals, after yes. all. Uh, thanks for spending some time with Dan and I today, through your radio or streamed live on KSO.com, through the KSOO mobile app, now available on iOS and Android platforms for you Androiders out there. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or our Twitter account at P. Lally Show. Dan, let this be a warning to you and, frankly, to, to my friends, my neighbors, people who have to come in contact with me or near me in the next few weeks, several weeks. I, I really need to start practicing Matuba. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue. Ooh, yeah. you need to start practicing the old tuba. And, my, my. You know, oftentimes I like to do this outdoors, and that's always kind of a shock. It, it's better to play outdoors than it is cooped up in some little room in the basement somewhere, you know, trying to stay quiet. So I like to go outside and play a little bit when it's warm out. Uh, but I've got two occasions coming up in March that will require public performance of the greatest instrument ever created the tuba and by extension the baritone the 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 instrument of choice for mr dan peters we are a low brass show yeah we got you covered we no woodwinds in this group no woodwinds allowed and no french horns that was you missed yesterday the boon man we have a no french horns rule oh no no french horn no we don't approve the horn uh and those things are hard to clean too let me tell you (laughs) um Let's just say, though, I've, it's been a while since I've had to string together like anything resembling a tune, you know. I haven't played much for a while, uh, so i, I got to get cracking. And, you know, I, told, I said to, you were in here yesterday, the Boon Man and I talked about on the show yesterday, there are some suggestions bordering upon rumors, almost encroaching upon fact, that our old combo, our old brass combo, the brass holes, may be pressed into service uh, for our traditional St. Patrick's Day set. So uh, that's that's going to be a problem. So when come come St. Patrick's Day, you may see us roaming the streets uh, before the parade downtown, playing on the playing favorites such as uh, Whiskey in the Jar, which is probably the my favorite Irish tune that we play. Uh, it's a good tune. The problem is with the brass holes, anything like this, we got you know five, six, seven players depending on who shows up. It's uh, every time you make a mistake, everybody knows it. And when I play, I go big. All right, there's nothing subtle about it. So you got to commit. And when I, if I if I mess up, man, it it's a it's a flame of glory. Let me tell you. So our first goal with the brass holes is to always finish the song at the same time, which is. Not a given. This is not a given by any means. Uh, it, but it, you know, it's not the highest quality gig, but it's uh, it's always fun. We have a good time. So if you see us down there, say hi. Uh, the other thing I got to do is a little more concerning, though, and that is I've agreed 
to participate in the Business Leaders Have Talent fundraiser for the South Dakota Symphony Orchestra's education program, and that's on March 8th. So these things are pretty close together. i got to tighten it up. Let's be clear about two things, though, right off the bat with this thing. I am neither a business leader (laughs) nor do I have talent. So right there I'm off to a bad start. Uh, But I was a long time ago, long time ago, a member of the South Dakota Youth Symphony, which is now associated with the orchestra. It was a wonderful educational experience for me as a musician and a person, and it challenged me in a lot of ways. I was in the Youth Symphony for three years, not because I was really that good, but because it's hard to find tuba players. And I would show up on Saturday mornings for rehearsals. So right there, I, had, I, I was in. I don't know that I ever played with such a talented group of musicians again in my life. And so I, I have an affinity uh, for that organization. Uh, I have great memories of the challenges of playing orchestral music. You know, I was a tuba player, for God's sakes. I played in pep band and that kind of thing. It was well beyond anything I'd done before. And even even in college, we, we played some difficult stuff, but not, not like that. So I'll be out raising money in the next couple of weeks to support that effort. Uh, those of you who know me personally should be prepared for the big ask. The big ask. I don't raise money for things I don't believe in generally and I or have a connection to, but this is one and I'm very pretty excited about it. Here's the issue though. The way this works, it's just me on stage. It's frightening. I have to fill 3 to 5 minutes, which isn't doesn't sound like a lot until it's you on stage and the clock with one person. Yeah, the old solo. Now, you can hire people basically to do this for you. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try and find. And the Boon Man already told me he's not helping me. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. So that's no good. Well, you know, you said you were thinking about playing the tuba. Yeah. I, I, all I know right now is it probably that it will. It will involve the tuba and storytelling. Uh, the proportion of each really is what's yet to be determined here. Just what, what can I pull off? Right. I mean, I, I could play for five minutes, but I, I don't know that I got five minutes of good solo material in me. Boy, and you got to have the chops to I be know. able to pull it off for five minutes. It's a, it takes an embouchure and, and big lungs, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I will keep you posted on that little adventure. Well, I am not going to make you paint yourself all in blue so that you can play the tube like the Blue Man Group does, you know. <laughs> There, you could do that. <laughs> That'd be all right. I could get somebody to do that behind me, maybe. Maybe. The tube. The I need tube. somebody to play the tube. Anyway, I'll keep you all up to date on how the progress on there. But if you hear random tuba somewhere out in the wilds of Sioux Falls, that might be me. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Mary J. McCorkle. She is president of the South Dakota Education Association. She will be with us in the second hour to discuss the issues facing K-12 through education in the legislature and the state more broadly and education more broadly. I've been talking about these issues recently and we have Mary J. McCorkle today and later this week we're going to talk about higher ed. The Common Man will be with us for Weird Friends. Therein lies the men's health segment, so you're going to want to stick close for that. And I will have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, the state of our union. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, yeah, closer to free. We're going to get a little closer to free today on the PL statement on this State of the Union Tuesday. Oh, can you feel it? It's like Christmas. If you're in politics, it kind of is like Christmas. And that's all we really want, right? That's the purpose of this whole exercise in democracy in the Republic to get a little closer to free, maintain our personal and freedoms, our civil rights, our human rights. And that's what we try and do on this program. 
discuss the big issues, right? And no better day for that than the State of the Union address by President Donald Trump, his first State of the Union address to Congress, and you've been hearing a lot about that. As I said, it's always a big deal if you're a politics and government guy. There's still something thrilling about the theater of it all, the packed chamber, the House chamber up on Capitol Hill. Supreme Court's in there. Everybody, this is our government at the highest level gathered together in the one room, eye to eye, to assess the condition of our republic. Remember, that is our republic. There's plenty of informed speculation out there about what's going to be in the State of the Union. There's probably no huge surprises there. The president likely will tout the growing economy, the elimination of regulation, the tax cut, confirmation of Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. Uh, There's talk of some uh, North Korea news. Uh, We'll see that. I, I, you know, there's been some uh, discussion uh, on these airways I heard earlier in the day about him possibly talking about this memo from the House Intelligence Committee, Chairman Nunez. I would be surprised if he talks about that, to be honest, but we'll see. I'm not going to go into that right now. So you'll go through the usual list of real and perceived accomplishments. That's not surprising. There's also plenty of room for dispute over what the president deserves credit for and what he doesn't. But that's how it always goes. The fact is, the economy has been growing at about the same rate for a few years now, give or take. It's gotten, you know, a few ticks better here or there. And short of abolishing the Federal Reserve and going to the gold standard, nobody really affects the economy to any huge degree in one year. No single person controls the economy. That's not how economics works. It was a long, occasionally frightening journey through the housing collapse, the banking crisis, the economic rebuilding that brought us up to this day. Let's play this hypothetical in advance of tonight's speech. If the White House calls you and up and asks for advice, what would you tell them? Think about it. What would you tell them? What should the president say? Here's what I would say. There is no greater platform than the State of the Union. It's not a campaign rally. It's not a trial. It's not a stage. Drive a spike through your enemy's heart. It's the state of our union, prescribed by the Constitution and intended to assess the condition of the core principles that hold us all together. It is a time to lead. There's plenty of time for fighting. I have no issue with President Trump or any president extolling the virtues of their policies, that's, that's fine. That's, get up there. Tell me where you want to go. Whether those are conservative, liberal, moderate, explain those policies. Justify those policies. Sell those policies to the American people. Take us to a better place. What many people dislike, including me, is casting back. What defines us as a people is not the pronunciation of our surnames. It is not our ethnic origins. It is not our place of worship. Those are attributes of individuality, not community. No, the American commonality is the desire to move forward, to relentlessly press ahead with the belief that tomorrow can be a better day, to not make the same mistakes over and over. There's no shame in shortcomings. There is only fault in not recognizing them and trying to do better. We know we have differences. That is inherent in self-governance of any sort. Even the most homogenized societies can disagree over such things as economics or security or international affairs or social policy. That is healthy and it can be productive. What we need from our president, any president, is to lead. That requires putting country over self. It is not jingoistic patriotism. It is holding the ideals of the republic, the institutions and traditions and principles above personal aggrandizement. It demands humility 
over humor, humor. It demands that humility win out over hubris. Good government is built on the notion that civil discourse can tamp down the destructive influence of instinct, of human instinct. That the common good is more important than personal affirmation. You can call it simplistic or idealistic or delusioned. But that's what I want for my president tonight. That's the bottom line on the PL statement for today. Agree or disagree with me, and you're certainly welcome to. You can email me, Patrick at KSOO.com. Follow our Twitter feed at P Lally Show. Throw us some comments there. You can get on Facebook Live right now and join the conversation. All the different ways to converse with us here on the radio. Coming up after the break, the news with Dan Peters. We're going to talk to the common man for weird friends. He's got some he's got some advice for you people out there, particularly the men among us. Not to make this a full man show. That's not what we're trying to do, but common, he's he's hit some life stages and he wants you people to know some things. So, join us for that. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Three thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Oh, I'd just like to get the blood boiling a little bit to bring in the common man. Mr. Common Man, I, I uh, told the Boon Man yesterday that I, I've gone into full St. Patrick's Day mode with the music, so just expect it all the time. Oh, just, just launch. I mean, you were in striking distance. Yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> anyway, there's a little flogging Molly, Devil's it, Dance it, Floor. It, pretty thrilled to hear that, you know, well, you're getting the one-man band back together. <laughs> Well, uh, I I still have grave concerns about that, uh, but I figure I have enough tuba stories that I can just start telling tuba stories and everything will be fine, right? I I I can't imagine you'd run out of material there. No, it's only five minutes. So, uh, but the uh, the brass holes getting back together—that's that's the big news. Oh. That is huge news. Yeah, we'll see if we can actually pull it off. But I can't believe you haven't broken Twitter. <laughs> we do have a Facebook account. <laughs> Brass holes on Facebook. Follow mm-hmm. along. Um, uh, how are you? How are you feeling, John? Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to I listen to the State of the Union thing, and I always thought State of the Unions. I always thought the opposing party should go first. The, the opposing party response should go first. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't even hear the State of the Union first because you know because then you then you end up being you know because uh, basically they say everything's terrible, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, oh, the, the, yeah. awful. He's it's awful. He's junk. Everything he said was a lie. <laughs> you know, at least okay, get that out of the way, and then you can feel better about the country and the position we're in when the president's done. Yeah, there you go. Regardless, I think it just leaves you on a happier note. And on a high note, right? <laughs> Leave me with some optimism yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Please do not crush what's left of my putrid soul. All I got left. But, but no, yeah, as far as the health, I've got my physical tomorrow, Pat. What? I got a, I'm going in for my physical tomorrow. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, and I was thinking about that, and I'm thinking that's such a, a, a non-thing, I think, for for guys of our uh, vintage. Wait a minute, though. Is this a is this a landmark? Is this one ending in a zero? Because that nope. those are not fun. You've been through those two, right? Nope. Yep. And I'm 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 that a zero plus one. So okay, you know, I get some of, those, some of those other things done last year. But it's it's just that regular maintenance. You know, I saw the car ad, or it was some ad the other day that says, "What would you do if you only got you had one car that you had to drive for your entire life?" Mm-hmm. You'd take really good care of it, wouldn't you? You'd think. Well, yeah, well, here's your car. <laughs> so, and, and I think about that, but but guys are so backwards in their thinking, yeah. and, and then they get, and every time you tell someone that you're getting a physical, 
it's like giggle worthy, and here come the jokes. <laughs> you know, you, you just you can go a thousand one, a thousand two, thousand three. Yes, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought of that one. No, especially when you hit the 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 forty Certain and the ages. fifty. Right, the forty. The thing about I think the the and if you're if you're a man of a certain age you're going to know what we're talking about here and if you're if you're not just play along. <laughs> but when you hit forty, that one actually is more traumatic I think than the fifty because by fifty you, things have, have happened to you. You're like, yes, I want to know if I have you know polyps on my colon. Yes. I don't care what sort of neon effluent is going to be involved. I want to know. <laughs> right. And, and, and just, to, just to help people that for, for you and I who have been through that experience, you know, yep. getting the colonoscopy and, and mm-hmm. getting that done, you know, it's that that experience is not that big a deal um, for the procedure. You go in, you lay down, they give you a little amnesiac, a little, mm-hmm. little uh, medical roofie, mm-hmm. forget the whole thing. <laughs> you don't even right. know what's happening. It's nice to work up, warm blankets all over you. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> But the night before, that's, that's a little interesting. Yeah. Is is you know they make you drink the stuff and then mm-hmm. clean you out, and then that's uh, what, I, what I our family likes to refer to it as the night of a thousand flushes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, here's the thing too about the colonoscopy is everybody has to go through it, so there's kind of a shared pain. But uh, you you get the best stories out of the colonoscopy <laughs> because inver- inevitably. Everybody, when they're going under to have that done, says something really stupid. <laughs> oh, well, it, it, it gets to be kind of a you know your your um, your moment, your, your shining uh, moment of, of triumph. Because when I did, you know, I, 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 I didn't sleep a wink that night. Mm-hmm. I just was up and I was frightened to death to close my eyes. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was terrible. You know, <laughs> I, we don't. Our generation didn't have any nights where we had to stay awake for three days on Iwo Jima. You know, <laughs> no. so, but but that, that that was as close as I got. So I I learned a lot about myself <laughs> in the night. dark hours. In the dark hours, just waiting <laughs> waiting for Charlie to jump out. By. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But it's worth it, right? You're a healthy man. Oh, and it's those are the things you know. You just don't want anything to sneak up, and it, it gets the giggle-worthy things about physicals and things like that. Too, guys our age do, like our dads. Mm-hmm. Although those guys who were in the service, you know, they were naked around each other all the time. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. We always told the story about when the old YMCA, you know, the the naked eighty year old men shooting pool. Yeah, they had no uh, problem with that. No, <laughs> I mean, you kind of wish they did. Some a little dignity, a yeah. little shame, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't but know. you understood why they didn't because they're like, you got a problem with me playing pool naked? Let nope. me tell you a story, punk. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then we're back on Iwo Jima. You ever hear a case on? Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yep. And you just and you just slink away and say yes, sir. Thank you very much. You know, there's just there's no argue with guys like that. But but for us, it's you know, you know we're still. But I just you know would encourage as I'm going in there tomorrow, and, and it's the best investment of time that you can ever make is just to make sure that that car we're piloting mm-hmm. uh, and through this journey of life. Uh, and it's it's one thing to get old, but it's and you want to be old and healthy. Yeah, as healthy as you can be. Because you, you don't want to have those golden years turn into, yeah, great, Here I'm <laughs> lingering. <laughs> I don't want to linger. I just, I, yes, somebody. You somebody. know, speaking of the car, is it bad if you're, uh, uh, if you're running a little thin on, if you're thinning your oil up a little bit too much? <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> Might be. Okay. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice old man. Yeah, I mean, and those you'll be scarred for that. For those pool images, no. the rest of your life at the Y. You know, it, uh, you can't get over that. And the the biggest thing that you need to do is is go in, do it, and you'll be amazed at how much better you feel when you start to see the numbers. Yeah, and it gets to be like the NFL Combine. After a while, you get your test results back. And go, <laughs> hey, my LDL is. Oh, I'm, <laughs> It's it's like hey I'm I'm, I'm really on, my arrow is pointing up I'm climbing draft boards oh yeah <laughs> I might be a second rounder uh, the uh, the thing about that now is you used to give your blood you know two weeks before or whatever and you'd go to the doctor for the appointment and they'd go through your numbers and they'd say oh, this, I had a physical not so long ago mm-hmm. uh, last month no earlier this month and I went in gave my blood a couple hours later I got an email. 
<laughs> yeah. Said, go check your chart, punk. And I, I did, and they were all there. It's like, should I be looking out these without, you know, adult supervision? Because what if there's something really out of whack here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're making it, uh, says, oh, by the way, uh, you know, your white blood cell count is yeah. a billion. You know, so, so, shouldn't somebody be, you know, comforting me, holding my hand? Is something this something like I should worry about? No, no, no. No, but it's perfectly when, fine. Don't worry, you, it'll fall off in six weeks. When you come in on Tuesday, I'd bring some loved ones. <laughs> what? <laughs> is it issue? <laughs> Get your affairs in order. It's, it's no big deal. Yeah. Do you have a living will? That's one of the answers. They, I don't know the questions they ask you now all the time when you, for anything you go, is your, is your living will? Have you, have you given power of attorney to anybody? I'm like, no, I'm well, here. I need an antibiotic. Oh, the other part too is every time you go to the doctor now, you have to answer the, the, uh, uh, behavioral question. Oh yeah. Have you felt you know sad in the last week? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not feeling very good right now. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little down right now. Yeah, <laughs> it is. By the time you're, you know you answer ten of those, you know you're in a pretty dark place. Oh, I know. And then, uh, how much would you say you drink a week? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. No. You know, my medical professional wife says that whatever yeah. you say, they multiply by. Multiples of two or four. I know. They know you're lying. You know you're lying. Let's everybody just move on from this. <laughs> I know every one of them is bad for me. <laughs> but have you seen a football Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Who counts? I uh, mean, if, if you're counting, and you're not that's doing right. it right. That's right. And I, I do. I, we're going to make ourselves sound like uh, degenerate drunks, but it. That it's not that bad, but I did have a. Uh, I was joking with my doctor the other day about just this topic, and I said, "Well, I mean, on Sunday, or what are you talking about here?" And it, and I said, "You know, it's kind of part of the culture on the football." He goes, "You know, sometimes you just got to be the one to look around and say, guys, can't we just scale it back a little bit?'" I'm, like, I'm not going to be that guy. Wow. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You know, it's, it's either that guy or, mm, no, I, mm. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I'm glad you're, you're feeling good. You got what, I hope this is early in the morning for you. It's good to get oh, that. Yeah, little, yeah, little it's got to be fasting to go and give that blood, you know, so yeah. it's, so I'll probably, you know, go get, get my physical and, you know, get Taco John's <laughs> for the scrambler after that. Be healthy. Get your LDL down. <laughs> That'd be good. So I got one little doctor joke for you. Oh, fire away. Okay. Short too. So a woman goes into her to the doctor, and the doctor looks at her and says, Mrs. Johnson, I'm afraid you're going to need to lose 180 pounds of ugly fat to be healthy. Hmm. Well, so she went home and probably got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that went that way because I was concerned there for a second. <laughs> oh, I know my, I know my political yeah, way around. You do. You do. I have confidence in you. It's not like Boone Man. <laughs> I'm like, careful, careful. <laughs> Easy killer. Easy. <laughs> Uh, common man, thank you very much for being here today, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you next week and get a report on your bill of health. Absolutely, Patrick. Good to be with you. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the latest uh, Mayor Mike Huther Listen and Learn. I watched it. It was fun. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar. Fifty on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand. And you got to know your rights. That's the Clash telling us that. Old Joe Strummer, gotta love Joe. Uh, so I uh, saw some references to uh, Mayor Mike Huther's latest Listen and Learn, and so you know normally the mayor goes out and does these Listen and Learns. Uh, in like cafes and such, and people come there and ask them questions. And the city tapes them, puts them up on their Channel 16 communication site video and where they stream all the meetings and such. Well, this time, they did a little different thing. Uh, The mayor sat down with Heather Hitterdahl, who's his communications person, his spokesperson, and uh, it wasn't the normal one where they take questions live, but they they used uh, uh, social media. And so they had put out the call for questions on social media and took these questions and went through and, and asked them of the mayor and answered them. It was, it was actually, um, 
it was, I don't watch them all, but this was an interesting hour and a half. You heard that right. Hour and a half of the mayor answering kind of a broad range of questions. And to his credit and to Heather's credit, Heather hit it all. They included topical questions about the event center siting and the parking ramp project, uh, including why we are partnering with Legacy in the wake of the Copper Lounge collapse and investigation and all that. And you can go watch that. And I put, I actually put a link to the uh, show, all 90 minutes of it, on our Twitter feed at P. Lally Show. So you can go see it there if you can't find it for some reason on the city site, which you can easily do. Um, so as I said, you can quibble with some of his answers and some of the representations of his version of the truth, you know, but that's, that's going to be expected. The, the thing I did kind of like about it is I, there are questions uh, that people could type out, which is good because you ask sometimes a better question that way. And sometimes I think when people get into a situation like that, when it's live, they don't sometimes ask the question as well as they would want to. They get nervous, as you might expect, or they just don't feel comfortable doing it. So this was a a little different venue, and it was pretty cool. Um, But what's surprising, what what stuck out to me, though, is this, and that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about here, is that the mayor is holding firm to this now dispelled myth that we got a million dollars in the secret settlement over the siding on the event center. I mean, you, you remember the issue. I mean, how could you not? We've been talking about this thing for years now. The siding that's bent around the, the west side of the Denny Sanford Premier Center and it wasn't meant, and we now know it wasn't meant to be bent and it wrinkled and it doesn't look like it's supposed to. And I've said on this show, I didn't even realize it wasn't supposed to look that way, you know, and it came up and it got to be a big controversy. And if you'll recall the, after it came out that this didn't look right, the mayor's administration, the youth administration, uh, cut a deal with some of the vendors and, and the, uh, the uh, uh, at-risk manager there, Mortensen Construction, to compensate the city for what was wrong, right? Okay, that seemed reasonable. And they had a press conference that they had this settlement, and they sealed it. And at the time, the mayor said, it's a million bucks. Well, when it all came out after the Argus leader sued him, and and... Uh, it came out it wasn't a million bucks because part of that money was ours and in some uh, some funny accounting, you could get to that number, but it's not true. Okay, we got a little less than 500. You take out the 100 we paid in legal fees to negotiate it and it's not a million dollars. But the mayor, maybe he still believes it's a million by his accounting, but the fact is that he still says that kind of thing is amazing when you think about it. It's been disproven. You can hang on to your version of the facts as long as you want, but it's not a million bucks. It's not a million dollars. It's not a million anything. I don't understand it. Why do you keep saying it? Quit saying that. It's not true. Sheesh. Coming up after the news with Dan Peters at the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Mary J. McCorkle of the South Dakota Education Association. We're going to talk about Ed Funding. And I'll take you out here with just a little bit more of, oh, you got to listen to just a, a little bit more of Know Your Rights. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOR. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's Winterfest of Wheels at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. It's an indoor car show featuring cars, motorcycles, trucks. These are unique premier vehicles. They're in movies, on TVs, in magazines. There's a ditch your man room for uh, you women out there. Raffles and more proceeds benefit cure kids cancer 5 to 10 p.m. Friday, 10 to 9 Saturday, 9 to 3 on Sunday. Tickets are 11 bucks, 12 and under, and you're in for free. 
Coming up next, we're going to talk about education with Mary Jane McCorkle. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Four fourteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And of course, we know that our fine, fine legislature is in session, which means we're going to talk about education funding at all kinds of different levels. And I have been talking about some of the issues that have coming up out there in Pier, and so we thought we'd get Mary J. McCorkle. On the phone, she is president of the South Dakota Education Association. Mary, thank you for joining us on the Patrick Lally Show today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, how is it out there? Is it you, you're a peer person, aren't you? So, this is kind of like invasion time. Like you just got to keep them at bay for a while. Is that how that works? <laughs> well, um, every every day is interesting. We have um, committee meetings in the in the morning and um, session in the afternoon and time in between meetings and um, time in between um, caucus and session to have conversations with with the legislators about the issues that are important to us. So I think it's important now because, like I said, and and you're not privy to uh, everything I've said on the air, I'm sure, but uh, I was talking recently about some proposals uh, from House Speaker Mark Mickelson, um, and there's there's discussion about uh, collective bargaining at the at the uh, university level. There's discussion, and I think they got rid of collective bargaining at the tech school level. Um, and there's some some policies in terms of administrators. Uh, who do you represent, and how does it how does that work? So, in terms of how you negotiate contracts and what role the legislature plays in that. Well, the South Dakota Education Association represents uh, a number of groups. We represent K-12 teachers uh, in our public schools. We, rec- we um, also um, have members who are what we call our education support professionals, uh, bus drivers, food service, our paraprofessionals, our, our clerical staff um, that are also members of SDEA. We have uh, higher ed uh, we call them COHI, the Council of Higher Education. We also have members who are classified as retired. Those are former educators, former higher ed, um, former what we call our ESP. And we have student members, those who are going to be joining our ranks in the classroom. And um, we are excited to work with, with everybody. Um, collective bargaining is an opportunity for groups to come together and to talk about common concerns. Um, In South Dakota, we are a right-to-work state, um, and so we represent, actually, we represent everyone, um, and that's what right-to-work means. Mm -hmm. When we talk about collective bargaining, we are talking about opportunities for um, groups to come together and to talk about their common concerns, whether that's a conversation in K-12 about salary, whether it's a conversation about class size, whether it's a conversation about um, policies, or whether it's a conversation what either group wants to talk about, um, that's what it looks like in K-12. And um, it's simply that. It's a a conversation looking for agreement. Um, There are um, some things that in, in law cannot be negotiated. Um, but um, basically anything that you agree to talk about, you can do that through collective bargaining. For the higher ed who is under the Board of Regents, collective bargaining does not include any compensation. So the idea of, of salary, of health insurance, of, of those kinds of things that are a part of conversations at the K-12 level are not a part of higher ed conversations. So for, for higher ed... Um, their collective bargaining, again, is the same thing. It, it's conversations between um, the, the higher ed members and the border regents uh, that they come together to, to solve problems, to establish policies um, that everybody agrees on. And that's really what collective bargaining is, is coming together to look for solutions 
and to work problems out together. You often get called the teacher's union. Is that a phrase that you agree with, don't like? What's your thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, yes, we do get called that. And sometimes it's easier to say um, that's what we are than to explain um, how it actually works. Um, We do perform some of what are considered to be union functions, like the the salary idea um, in the K-12 situation. But we're so much more than that. We are a, a, um, an association that is devoted to improving education, to doing everything that we can do for what we call our kids, for our students. And we do a tremendous amount of professional development um, all across the state of South Dakota. In fact, we do professional development at the request of school districts who ask us to come in and to put on training for their teachers, uh, classroom management kinds of training, um, student learning objective training. Uh, so we do an awful lot of, of that work, and people don't, aren't aware of that, that that's really a, a critical component of the work we do is helping, to, uh, helping educators to improve their practice and um, really helping them be better in their classrooms. So what is the relationship then between COHE and SDEA? Is it, are you part of the same organization? Are you affiliated? How does that work? They are um, members of, of SDEA. So we're not two separate organizations. We are one organization. I see. But they, they, so when they're, when they're negotiating at the uh, higher education level, uh, they're talking about things like tenure and um, maybe uh, working conditions or things of this nature? What, what issues are they uh, talking they're, about? They're talking about things like a promotion. You know, how do, what's the process? for going from an assistant professor to a full professor to, to whatever. They um, talk about, uh, with the Board of Regents, what does evaluation procedure look like so that everybody understands what that is, what that is and um, how that works. Um, things like um, if there is a program that is going to be um, cut um, for, for whatever reason. There are procedures that talk about uh, what happens to um, people who are in those, those areas. What's the procedure for closing out a program, you know, with the people who are with the professors that are in that particular program? Do they, you know, how do they transfer mm-hmm. into something else, or what does that look like? So really what it, what it does is provide clarity on policy that both um, the higher ed members and the Board of Regents have agreed on. And then enter now I don't and I don't want to confuse people with all these organizations, but it's important I think as we're going forward in this discussion about what's going on in peer to some level, there is also an association for K through twelve administrators. Correct? They have their own representation. How does that work? Um well they they they, they do and they they don't. Okay. So the um Administrators are not a part of South Dakota Education Association. However, there are some school districts where groups of administrators have come together and had conversations with their their board Mm. or superintendent or or whomever and have um, sort of functioned in the same way that it works in K-12 so that they have come together and they've had conversations about their contracts and salary as well, but they're not formally organized groups, and they, don't, they don't appear in every school district. I they see. appear um, in the large school district. Yeah. And consider the number of administrators and what that would be like if they didn't kind of come together to have some of those conversations, if every conversation for every administrator was an individual conversation. Especially in a large district like Sioux Falls where you've got oh, yes, yes, many yes. administrators versus maybe, uh, you know, pick one out of the hat, you know, uh, uh, dual county or whatever it is. Uh Um, So your relation, you touch a little bit on all those uh, as you're not representing the administrators, but you must be, you you have interest in how they are treated by a school district, do you not? Of course, yes. Okay. Very definitely. So we're all partners in the education of the students of South Dakota. And so I, I make all these distinctions because there are separate pieces of legislation that have been proposed that deal kind of with 
different elements of all these different levels, correct? Yes, okay. that is correct. And I want to I wanna kind of walk through some of those as we get on the other side of the news and weather, but it, I, we've given people the background now for this conversation, Mary, so I feel, I feel, Mary, I feel better about it. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, with, with the legislature coming in to session, um, what is the general atmosphere for education this year? Um, well, we have, as you mentioned, there are a number of, of bills that we have um, some very definite, definite concerns about. Um, we are, um, you know, as if you've heard the governor's um, budget address, we have flat sales tax uh, revenue. Mm-hmm. We know that his proposal in the budget address was that there would be revenue for school districts with increased enrollment, um, but um, that would be about it. So we're, we're concerned about funding. Uh, we accomplished so much in the 2016 legislative session, and um, it, it, it's a concern that we're not able to continue to move, move ahead more. And with that, we're going to take a short break here for news and weather. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the specific proposals that uh, are in front of the legislature right now and uh, what each of those may mean for your school district. So we'll be right back with Mary J. McCorkle, president of the South Dakota Education Association on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Mary J. McCorkle. She is president of the South Dakota Education Association, and we have been discussing the role that the SDEA plays in uh, helping teachers negotiate contracts and the other issues and uh, support that they do. And there are, Mary, a uh, uh, several bills uh, brought by, uh, in particular, House Speaker Mark Mickelson that have uh, looked like they have significant effect on education. Um, is that the uh, is my perception reality there? Um, if if the bills were to pass, yes, the the impact would be um, significant and not in a good way. So the, it's it's kind of strange to me that these things are all coming at once, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But first of all, um, let's start with the one that I I really don't understand. I don't have a good handle on what this means. Okay. And that is, there's a bill uh, sponsored by Speaker Mickelson that would prohibit the use of of, of state funds for union activities. Uh, that's I'm oversimplifying that. But can you explain that to me? Um, the the bill is entitled "An Act to Prohibit School Districts from Compensating Official Labor Union Representatives or or Negotiators," and it goes through and talks about various um, various groups. There is. Um, uh, that's really not what happens. So, for example, um, I am a release um, time statewide president. Uh, my school district does not pay my salary. The South Dakota Education Association pays my salary. Mm-hmm. And that's true in, um, in the one other place um, in the state where there is a full-time release president, and that's in Sioux Falls. There are two of us in the state. Um, part what of, does that mean, full-time release? You mean you're okay, still employed? I, ha- I am under contract with my school district, and my school district has agreed to um, allow me to serve um, the South Dakota Education Association. In fact, I cannot be a candidate for this office without providing um, something that shows that um, my school district agrees to that. I see. And so the Sioux Falls Education Association, because it's quite large, has their mm-hmm. own full-time president. Yes. Okay. Yes, there are two of us in the state. So what is this, what is this bill aimed at then? Uh, the bill is aimed at um, taking away the, the voice of um, members of the Education Association, and it, and it specifically targets the South Dakota Education Association. Uh, for, for example... Um, within the language, it says that if a, um, if a teacher is doing um, 
association work, they either must um, take personal leave if their district gives them personal leave, or um, they take leave without pay. I mentioned earlier that South Dakota is a right-to-work state, which means that South Dakota Education Association represents any teacher um, that has, um, um, that maybe is um, moving towards a plan of improvement or um, in, in some sort of a, a situation. And oftentimes, a superintendent or a principal will want to have a conversation with that teacher and will want someone from SDEA there. In order, if this bill would pass, in order for that conversation to take place, it would have to take place outside the school day, and if any of the people were involved in any extracurricular or whatever, it would have to take whenever all of that was done. Or the person who was a member of SDEA that would be there in the conversation at the request of the principal or superintendent would have to take um, personal leave if their district has it or would have to take a cut in their salary for that time. So even though we are required by, by law in a right-to-work state to provide services, this makes it extremely difficult to provide those services. Um, so this, another is, ex- this, counts, this counts people who are not dues-paying members, right? Yes, yes, yes. I just want to mm-hmm. make that clarification. Yes, exactly. I had mentioned earlier that uh, South Dakota Education Association really does a lot of focusing on professional development, and we often go into a school district at the request of the school district. If this were to pass, in order for us to do that, we would have to pay the salaries of the people who were in that professional development that we were asked to provide, or we wouldn't be asked to provide that, or those people would have to take professional leave or some other kind of, of leave. Um, another example that would occur, let's say that um, there is a member of the South Dakota Education Association that has an opportunity to attend one of our professional development activities. They would not be allowed to attend that activity if it's one that takes place during the school day unless they had personal leave or their, that portion of their salary was paid for. However, a teacher who belongs to the state science teachers association and would want to go to a state science teachers association training would be able to do that. Why does this bill exist? Do you know? I mean, have you talked to the speaker about it? No, I have not discussed it with the speaker. You don't know if it came out of a particular instance or... Um, I think it goes along with the other bills that the speaker has proposed, and I think that those bills show um, kind of what his thought pattern. Okay, well, is. let's look and at it. And it's all about um, silencing voices. Let's talk about a couple of the others. We're we're speaking with Mary J. McCorkle, by the way. She's president of the South Dakota Education Association. So there's another bill, as I understand it, to uh, eliminate collective bargaining at the higher education level, right? That is correct. Okay. I, I didn't want to oversimplify that as well. Um, wh- and, and as you said earlier, you, the, the, the state or the, uh, the SDEA doesn't negotiate the salaries for members of the, uh, of higher education, uh, staff professors and cor- such, but what, yep. so what would this effectively do at the higher education level, if you remove collective bargaining for professors and instructors and the other folks who are covered by that, well, I'm going to I'm going to back up just a just a little bit Please. in regards to the the salary part. The South Dakota Legislature and the Board of Regents that's where the salary is determined mm-hmm. by whatever funding that the legislature gives to the Board of Regents, mm-hmm. and then the Board of Reg- Regents has a a, po- a pocket of money that they can um, put in special areas, um, et cetera. So that's all determined um, through legislative funding. Um, All of that is tied to being a state employee. So what it does do is it would remove the ability of the Board of Regents and um, the Higher Ed Association to have conversations about, um, about policies, about things that guide um, some of the things that they do at the universities, 
Um, it would prevent any kind of a voice. And there are six universities mm-hmm. in the state of South Dakota. I think that that ability to have consistency, to have conversations that puts all of the universities on, on an even keel in terms of, you know, it's not the university has has this for its people, and Northern State has this for this people. It provides consistency. It provides certainty. It provides an atmosphere where professors can, um, can teach, can do research, can do service, mm-hmm. and know that they're in an atmosphere where uh, there is collaboration that goes on. And that's what collective bargaining does. It provides an opportunity for collaboration and problem solving. So then the other piece of that that doesn't affect you as directly is elimination of collective bargaining, which isn't, there isn't really a, a, an association or a union, but it would ban that practice that you mentioned earlier where uh, administrators in the larger districts sort of collectively negotiate with their superintendent. Right. And right. that, and I don't, so if they, it doesn't really exist, I don't know exactly what the bill would do, but well, I I I won't say it doesn't exist. Yeah. It it does where um, where administrators and their supervisors have have come together mm-hmm. and decide this is going to be a lot better for us if we do it this way. They have decided as a group. But it's not really a formal. It's not really yeah. an organizational thing. It's it's right. They're not paying dues yeah. to an organ to an organization, but they have come together because it works for it works for them. We're going to come, and with, I think that's a, that's an issue of local control. We are all about mm-hmm. local control in South Dakota, and they have just come across, They have created a situation that works for them and enables them to do what they need to to do. We are working our way up the ladder here to get to what this all means for uh, South Dakota teachers and South Dakota education. And we're going to come right back after a short break and continue with Mary Jane McCorkle, president of the South Dakota Education Association. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we continue our conversation with Mary J. McCorkle. She is president of the South Dakota Education Association. And we have been going through some pieces of legislation that are before our fine collection of lawmakers out there in Pierre. Mary, we went through the three things that essentially eliminate uh, collective bargaining at the higher education level, uh, ban it basically at the administrative level, and uh, put some limits on what you can do with your time at the K-12 through level. What does all this mean for South Dakota educators and our schools? I think the key is that it removes voice of educators. What it says is that, you know, we we talk about valuing education and valuing educators, but if we pass legislation that takes away their voice, then I'm not sure that that value that we espouse is is really true. And K-12 educators are watching Bill 1199, which is the stripping of the collective bargaining of um, higher ed, of those of the our six um, universities, because, um, you know, every, it, that educator voice is critical. And when people come together and have conversations, everybody benefits. And the educators, whether they are in higher ed or whether they are K-12, care deeply about education, care deeply about their students, and they want to be a part of solving problems and working together. My question then, which leads to my question, which is, do you feel like K-12 through collective bargaining would be next? Well... All I know is that last year, um, the four tech institutes lost collective bargaining. Uh, we have a bill now to strip collective bargaining from our um, our six universities. Uh, there isn't much of anybody left. Do you, does Speaker Mickelson just not like unions in general, or is it teachers' unions he doesn't like? 
Um, the legislation has been education legislation. So, um, and that's what we have been following. Um, I have not seen anything or, or there isn't anything that I'm aware of that um, deals with others. You know, and I can, I can make this argument. You know, the teachers unions, all they do is drive up the costs because they, uh, you know, just cause trouble and they, uh, you know, won't let us get rid of bad teachers and it makes it too hard to change. And basically you're uh, just, I don't want to say why I was going to say whiny Mary, but <laughs> you, you just complain and you get paid too much. And that's the problem. We don't have m- money in South Dakota, so we need to get rid of the unions. What's your response to that? I would say that um, comments um, such as those are, are comments by people that don't truly understand education in South Dakota. It's real easy to um, look on the outside and assume that, um, you know, that you know what it's like. Um, and that's not, that's not necessarily true. I think that as a state, we value the voices. We value the voices of voters across the state. That, that's very important. We value our educators. And that's, you know, everybody talks about their local school, and their local school is excellent, and they, they like their teachers. And then we want to pass legislation that sends a completely different message. And the future of our state lies in the education of our kids. And we want, we want to make sure that kids have what they need and that voice of educators, the people who know their students by their first name, is critical to the success in the schools. And they need to be a part of the conversations. We're talking with Mary Jane McCorkle. She is president of the South Dakota Education Association, um, which leads me to this. What happened to my half-penny sales tax increase to uh, increase teacher salaries? Uh, sales tax revenues are flat. Uh, the governor said, as you mentioned earlier, there's going to be some money for growing districts. Are we not living up to the promise of that half-penny sales tax increase? We made a great stride with the half-penny sales tax. Um, educators um, across the state, and we're talking, talking K-12, so the higher ed would be, would be separate from this. Um, for, the, for the first time in, in years and years, received significant increases in salary. And what that did was to show educators across the state that they were that they were respected that they were valued you know it it was yes salary increases were nice but when i talked to educators across the state that's what they said is i they said we feel we feel valued we feel respected and they hadn't felt that before um so we we did it we made a great start well, the problem is that we didn't get to that position that we were with um, the 51st in salaries and a terrible time retaining teachers, terrible time hiring teachers. We didn't get there overnight. We aren't going to get out overnight. 2016, the um, passage of those bills was a start. Um, yes, sales tax has not continued to increase, and that's a concern. Um, part of the original legislation um, is a review at the end of the third year to see where we are where we are lacking. Are we being competitive? What do we need to to do? Because if we don't if we don't continue to be competitive, if we stay in one place, we could end up back where we were, and we don't want to be there. That's not good for the students of South Dakota because everybody else is moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. So it is a it's a concern. What is our rank now? I mean, we thought we got up to like forty fifth or something at one point, right? We were out of the basement anyway. We were out of the basement. Um, I haven't seen. Um, I have not looked at recent reports. I think we're like forty eight, forty seven, forty six, somewhere in there. Um, it's it's better than it's better than it was. Mm-hmm. It's made a difference in um, those in the number of applicants for jobs. It's helped retain. 
It's caused our, our young people to look at education, um, going into education in South Dakota, but we've got, you know, a long way to go. It's, we're not going to get out of it in three years. We have to keep moving forward. Mary J. McCorkle, she is president of the South Dakota Education Association. Mary, thank you very much for spending uh, a considerable, considerable amount of time with us today. I really appreciate you explaining this stuff to us and to me, and I uh, hope to talk to you again real soon. I look forward to it. Thank you for the opportunity. We're going to finish up up in the Patrick Lally Show here in just a moment. This is Information 1000 KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up tomorrow, disgruntled city commissioner Matt Staub, former. See you tomorrow, everybody.